Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. The U.S. Market Update with Money FM 89.3. Welcome to the US market swap on Money FM 89.3. I'm Sean Cheung. We are seeing some mixed action in the markets so far. The Dow Jones Industrial Average rose to a new high as investors await fresh inflation and earnings data. The 30 stock index advanced about 0.3% to settle at 38,797 points. And meanwhile, the S&P 500 inched higher by about 0.1%. It ended at 5,021 points. The Nasdaq Composite slid 0.3% to close at 15,942 points. So, all three major averages are coming off their fifth straight week of gains which saw the S&P 500 and Nasdaq Composite respectively acting, adding about 1.4% and 2.3% last week. So for more insights, we are joined on the phone from the US, Ben Emans, the Senior Portfolio Manager at New Edge Wealth. Good morning, Ben. Good morning. Thank you for having us back. All right. So the market rally over the last three months appears to be unusually strong and consistent. Is there more room to run or is it raising the possibility that a pullback could occur soon? Well, by, by some measures, the, the pullback may be coming because if you look at some of the individual stocks that you highlighted at the start of the segment, it looks what we call parabolic, right? It looks like such a stretched move upward that if you study stocks over, over many years and see many different examples, no matter what the company is about and the fundamentals, whenever price actually gets so parabolic, it becomes a correctional phase at some point. Now, when, how, that's always difficult to exactly plan on time. But obviously, tomorrow's CPI data in the U.S. will be one key measure because everybody's looking at that inflation picture saying, okay, inflation goes down further. That gives the Fed really room to cut rates. And that cutting of rates is actually keeping this whole soft landing scenario intact. And if that is not the case, if, if the Fed cannot cut rates, then... It could be a change of scenario, right? And therefore, I think people need economic data to make up their mind to say, guess what? That parabolic move really is going to have to correct here. On the other hand, there's also a lot of technicals at work, I think, that by itself will see some correction in the parabolic moves. But I think it's the fundamental picture that drives it ultimately. So CPI tomorrow is very important. All right, so let's turn our attention to CPI in a bit. But first, let's talk about small caps because they're coming off their best week since December. Is it finally time to start to believe in this broadening out and would it stay broad meaningfully? Yeah, I looked at that actually in more detail today, what now really was driving the recent rally. I mean, we talked about the last sort of week when it started somewhere by Tuesday of last week. And you know, you're looking at really at really tiny companies that are have a market capitalization of something like $200 million or something. So you're in the space of, uh, of the small, small caps, right? And you know, that's not, you know, that to me sounds a bit like more people seeking out, I guess, volatility opportunities there or valuation opportunities to sort of go along. Uh, you know, it's notable that the Russell has, you know, regained, you know, the year-to-date gains. It was really down almost by 4% more or less start of the year. Mm-hmm. So there's some traction to rotation, but I would caution there that it does take some effort here, though, for, for this rotation to continue because, again, it, it will depend upon this interest rate scenario from here. It's important that if the Fed can cut rates, that the soft landing scenario stays intact and that would support small caps. If it doesn't, I think the small cap rally could fizzle out. Speaking of companies, so we are expecting about 61 names in the S&P 500 to report earnings this week. For example, we're looking at gig economy stocks like Lyft, companies like Hasbro, Coca-Cola. They will also shed some light on the state of the U.S. consumer. What are your expectations there? 
Well, it's been a bit of a sluggish season so far. And now we've had reasonable earnings uh, with you know, fair profit growth, but not as strong as the previous quarter. And so the, the companies that you highlight now are interesting because I think in some cases, like Coca-Cola being so tied into a, a big, you know, famous person like Taylor Swift, right? There's something about the economy that has separated from the whole AI chip story that's been driving, you know, literally a handful of stocks. Uh, that the underlying economic story is really in the earnings that you're talking about. So it could be good earnings because the economy is strong and shown a lot more resilience than, again, once again, people expected. Uh, but they also very important earnings because if they are highlighting that there's weakness underneath, then that, that could change the picture. So I would think this week is, again, a pivotal week for the stock market as these earnings come in. And let's turn on attention now to CPI. So this week, traders will be watching this very keenly for the latest numbers. Given that the Fed has said that they would need to see greater confidence in the inflation data to begin its cutting cycle, do we have to wait till perhaps June to see the first week cuts? I think that's the case. You know, last week there were several Fed speakers out that were really indicating like, yes, we we project three cuts, but we probably think it's more like two. And this is obviously, you know, because of the time, right? If, if you were not getting a rate cut in March, and that's now been clearly signaled, then the May rate cut will be, um, you know, not so much in play either. So it could indeed be June. It's also this whole time until then that we're getting a lot of inflation data out. The Fed is very cautious. It wants to have more and more conclusive evidence that they're really getting closer to where they want to be. Uh, so, but if you get the cut in June, the, the following cuts would that follow me. If it's just purely for lower inflation, nothing else, then there would be only one additional cut. So. I'm getting more down to the view that probably this will be a year of maybe two cuts in total, and that will be it. Nonetheless, it is important that we can bring rates down because we really have won the fight against inflation. If it isn't, as I mentioned, then we're getting a very different uh, scenario going into the the presidential election. I'll touch on the presidential election later, but first, let's take a look at how things are panning out over the past weeks. Have market entered the no-cut-no-landing zone? And could the upcoming rate cuts then be priced out entirely? Yeah, that's that's something I've, I've highlighted indeed, that, you know, there seems to be the idea that we're in a soft landing. But if you really think about it, like, the soft landing would be an economy that actually sort of like skirts with, with contraction, but being able to avoid that, right? So soft landing. But we're actually really an economy that's above trend, so it's no landing. <laughs> and in that environment of, a, of, a, of being above a trend economy, there's no room really for any kind of rate cut. Even if you think in the framework of like, well, we have high nominal Fed funds rate and inflation starts to decline, so the real interest rate gets a bit higher, therefore we can lower rates. It actually doesn't matter too much in a no-landing environment, really, because the economy is trending above, is, is growing above the trend, which means inflation could at some point return in some way or, way or the other. So I think that is the risk scenario for the markets. If you talk about earlier, how can a market correct? It would actually turn out to be a no-landing scenario with no cuts. And then, yeah, you know, sentiment can change in the stock market. And uh, this is very hot of the news. So Donald Trump has asked the Supreme Court to temporarily halt a ruling rejecting his claim that he's immune from being criminally charged with trying to overturn his loss in the 2020 presidential election. Do you expect that this may have an impact? Maybe this is uncertainty surrounding the presidential elections to rock markets in the coming weeks. Yeah, there's a lot to think about that there. You know, obviously, 
the, the, the ruling on the immunity, right, this was an important one. So you're not immune, apparently, and it's, it seems that the Supreme Court may go along with that decision, but the Supreme Court is also carefully and critically looking at his, his eligibility on the ballot, right? And, you know, being a democracy, essentially everyone could be on a ballot, right? You and me could mm-hmm. run for president and be on a ballot. So, so I, it's really hard to predict what the Supreme Court will ultimately um, decide there, you know, but it's a really pivotal uh, decision as I wrote. Like, yes, you know, Friday, February 9th was an important day uh, for different reasons. That's one of them. Uh, if, if indeed it turns out that he, he cannot be on the ballot, that wouldn't be really changed the course of the election, given where we are currently, given all the polls that we're seeing from, from Trump being well ahead of Biden and all the talk about Biden not being maybe the right president. So there's a lot of discussion too, like could we see alternative candidates in, in, instead of Biden and Trump? So this is a really unique election. It, it, it seems like that is not the case, but it's not impossible. And yet markets have not a good sense of what to make of it yet. And exactly. People talk about markets are pricing in Trump, but that's not the case entirely either. So I think markets don't vote on the elections, but they are looking at agendas. I think if you see true shift away from Biden and Trump's agenda and you see a new trend developing in the markets, that would maybe be an indication that the alternative candidate becomes more likely. To make a last point there, the Wall Street Journal did report today that Kamala Harris was willing to serve and, you know, in the event of, of this, this, this issue that has developed around the President Biden. That's notable, right, because we also have Nikki Haley, who's the alternative candidate potentially to Donald Trump. So there could be an alternative candidate, right? So let's, let's see what happens. <laughs> yeah, definitely something we should be watching and we'll be awaiting more news in this space. Thank you very much for your insights, Ben. You're very welcome. Thank you for having us. We've been speaking with Ben Niemans, the Senior Portfolio Manager at New Edge Wealth. I'm Sean Cheung and this has been the US Markets Reps on Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A W E D I O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.